Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father? The Father is in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me, I am in my Father. My Father's in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate-level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day word for word from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. This is the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Welcome to our continuing study in the Gospel of John. We are in John chapter 14, verses 8 through 11. Today, Dr. Mitchell deals with his disciple Philip, who made a third request to Jesus when he said, Show us the Father. Well, Jesus makes it clear that the one who has seen Jesus has seen the Father. And when we see Jesus, we see the Father. And the only way one can see Jesus is to read the Word of God, where our Lord is revealed. And as it is written in John chapter 1, verse 18, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has revealed Him. He has made Him known in detail. Well, Jesus simply asks us to believe Him. Well, in providing examples of Old Testament saints who also saw the Lord, turn with us now to John chapter 14, verse 8, with our teacher, Dr. Mitchell. Today, friends, we again come to you, and I sincerely hope that you are reading this 14th chapter. We have come to a tremendous portion of Scripture, a portion which has been greatly blessed of the Lord in the hearts and lives of His people. And yet it's so easy for us to miss what God has for us. In fact, some of the verses we're going to come to in the next two or three lessons uh, many people will take these verses entirely out of, out of chapter 14 and read into it, which was never the intention of the Spirit of God. In studying your Bible, be sure and read the truth in the light of its context so that you get what the Spirit of God is trying to say to us. Remember, the Bible is God's communication to you and to me. 
And in this 14th chapter, we have had, we have four questions and answers. We've already taken up two of them. The first one was, Lord, where are you going? And our Lord's wonderful answer in chapter 14, the first four verses, he said, I'm going home. I'm going to Father's house. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. A prepared place for a prepared people. And he goes on to say, for their comfort, if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's saying really that this separation is just a temporary one. This is real comfort. For example, here, when you have someone who, a loved one who loves the Savior, leaves you and goes home to glory, remember this separation is only a temporary one. The wonderful, wonderful fact that all believers one of these days are going to be gathered together. There'll be absolutely no more separation. Perfect, complete joy. Absolute peace. Rejoicing in the fellowship with the living God face to face. My, what a prospect. What a prospect and what a hope. No wonder Peter could say in 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath begotten us again to a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and so on. Now, the second question was, Lord, raised by Thomas, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going. If we don't know the destination, how can we know the way? And the Lord's answer was, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you have known him and seen him. The answer, what is the destination and how can I get there? Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. I am the truth that will set you free. I am the life that brings you into relationship, fellowship, and blessing with my Father. If you'd known me, you'd have known my Father also. Mark all the way through the gospel through John, especially from chapter 5 on. Notice how often he has said to the Jews, my Father and I, my Father and I, he that sent me, he that sent me, I came from heaven. I'm going back to heaven. My message is from heaven. My Father's words are my words. What I say is what my Father says. The works that I do are not mine, they're my Father's. All the way through, he's been pressing on this, this wonderful union between Jesus and his Father. And in this passage, chapter 14, 23 times he talks about his Father. My, how he loved his Father. And he wanted these disciples to enter somehow into this truth of a union, a bond between them and his Father. And through the Father, through the Son. And again, I, I emphasize the fact, the Word of God declares to us there's only one way to the Father, only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. How many times people have said to me, there's more than one way, there's more than one way. I've dealt with people in Islam and other uh, religions, and they say, well, Jesus is just one of many. Just one of many. Just like Muhammad is a, is a prophet of Allah, so Jesus also is just a prophet. And so on and so forth. Jesus said emphatically, I am the way to the Father. No man comes to the Father but by me. See, very, very obvious, very clear. He is the door. He is the way, and there's no other name but his name. 
Now, out of this second answer comes the third question, just like the first one. First question was, Lord, where are you going? Well, I'm going home. And you remember that Thomas said, Lord, you didn't, you didn't really answer Peter's question. Where are you going? I'm going to my father, and I'm the way to the father. But we don't know the father. That raises the third question. Verse 8, verse 8. Will you follow through with me, please, in your Bibles? Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father, and it sufficeth. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father? The Father is in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me, I am in my Father. My Father's in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Let me just stop right here for a moment. Mark the question. question is, show us the Father. I'm wondering sometime if Philip had expected the Lord to show the Father apart from himself. How often people cry, Oh, show us God. Show us God. One is reminded, by the way, of, uh, of Job. You remember in Job 23, verse 3, I think it is, in Job 23, verse 3, where Job cries out, Oh, that I might know where to find him. Oh, that I might know where to find him. This is the cry of hearts down through the centuries. Where can I find him? Where can I find him? Now, you remember in the Old Testament, God was made known through his creative acts, and afterwards he was revealed to Israel. In the book of Romans, for example, chapter 1, verses 19 down to verse 20, 21, you remember? We read there, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they're without excuse. Whatever man lives today, man is responsible to worship his creator. The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork, Day unto day utter speech, night unto night showeth knowledge there is no place, no place where the voice of creation is not heard. That's the 19th Psalm. In the book of Acts chapter 14, when the people down there at Lystra wanted to worship Paul and Barnabas, uh, you remember Paul said, We be servants of the Most High God who show unto you the way of salvation. For God left not himself without witness. He did good, setting seed, time, and harvest, and so on. The God of creation, they were responsible to worship him, not their idols of gold and silver. Same thing in Acts chapter 17 on Mars Hill when Paul was preaching to the philosophical Athenians. He said, God has given to us all life and breath and all things that we might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from any one of us. In him we live and we move, we have our being. Don't you for one moment think that the Godhead is, it's like an image, stone, so on. In other words, God revealed himself to the whole, to the whole human family through his creative acts. Uh, you take your people in South, South America, these tribes who have never heard of Jesus, or in Africa or some other place, they are responsible to worship their creator. But now Christ has come. Here in this land where we've heard of Jesus and we have the word of God, 
we are responsible. But nevertheless, there's a cry comes out from many, many hearts. Show us the Father. Oh, that I might know where to find him. And Jesus answers that question. Where can I find him? Sometimes I've asked the question, does God have any interest in me? How can I find God? How can I know God? How can I have fellowship with God? Does he have any interest in me? If he does, how can I know? Where can I find it? John 1.18 says, No man hath seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. To see Jesus is to see God, to see the Father. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, I read, Concerning Jesus Christ, God is speaking to us through his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Notice, who being the brightness of his glory and the fourth shining of his substance, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of God. He's the, ex- the living express image of God. In Colossians 1.15, he's the image of the invisible God. You go further on in that chapter, between 17 and 18, you remember, it was pleasing to the Godhead in him all fullness to dwell. Or in Colossians 2.9, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All I know of the Father is what I know of Jesus. And when we introduce Jesus, someone to Jesus, we are bringing them face to face with God. And after three long years, Jesus asked the question, don't you know me, Philip? In a certain way, it's a rebuke. How slow they were. And yet, may I say, my friend, how slow we are. Now, let's look at it. If you, in verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and it sufficeth. Now mark the answer of Jesus in verse 9. Remember, these truths go beyond human wisdom. He that has seen me has seen the father. Notice in verse 7. If you have known me, you've known my Father. In verse 9, Have I been so long time with you, and haven't you known me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. Why do you say, show us the Father? The more we know Christ, the more we know God. He is God. Now these truths go beyond human wisdom. It's by faith we realize the complete union between the Father and the Son. It's impossible for the human mind to fathom an infinite God. Do you know there are some people who say, well, if I can't reason out God, I don't want him. Friend, friend, I don't want a God I can reason out. If I could reason out God, then I bring God down to my own level. I want a God I can trust. I want a God I can love. I want a God I can put my faith in. I want a God that I can believe in. Jesus said, you want to know what God is like? 
that is just like me. I'm putting it kind of bluntly. When you see me, you've seen the Father. All you and I know, actually know about God, is what you know about Jesus Christ. You see, you're kind of narrowing it down, aren't you? Yes, I am. Jesus said that to the disciples. Have I been so long time with you? You've heard all my teaching. You've seen my miracles. And don't you know, Philip, when you see me, you see my Father. When you know me, you know my Father. When you know God, you know me. I and my Father are one. In nature, in power, in authority, in life, in love, in grace. This is what he's been teaching all the way through the gospel through John. Have I been all this time with you? Don't you know me? I come back again to verse 18 of chapter 1. No man has seen God at any time. What about the Old Testament scriptures? Well, whom did, whom did Adam and Eve see? No man has seen God at any time. They saw Jesus. Here you have our Lord in his pre-incarnate state. When God made man in his own image, in his own likeness, he made him just the way Jesus was. Sin came in and ruined that picture. Who visited? With whom did uh, Enoch walk? He had a walk with a Savior, Jesus. Noah. With whom did Noah talk? These men walked with God before the flood. Who was it? Take Abraham. Taken out of, out of idolatry, out of earthly counties, and the God of glory appeared unto him and said, Get out. Who did he say? Now, Jesus claims this in John chapter 8 when he said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and was glad. You're not yet 50 years of age, and you've seen Abraham? Before Abraham was, I am. That's why they wanted to kill him. He's claiming to be Abraham's God, the El Shaddai, the Almighty God. Whom did Moses see? Whom did the people of Israel see? The elders of Israel, they saw the God of Israel. Whom did they see? No man has seen God at any time. So Jesus. You never did see God in his full glory. You remember one day in Exodus chapter 32, you have where Moses said to God, show me your glory. And God said, you can't see me in my glory and live. The guys there, chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah wrote, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Whom did he see? In John chapter 12, Isaiah spake of Jesus when he saw him in his glory. In other words, all the manifestations of God in the Old Testament were through his Son. No man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he hath shown him forth, he hath revealed him. Take the father and mother of Samson. Whom did they say? Whom did Gideon say? No, friend. All that you know of God, what you know of Jesus, just what you know of Jesus is what you know of God. People say, I don't believe in Jesus, but I believe in God. My God is love. How do you know that? You ought to take that from the Bible. You don't know God apart from Jesus. I'm spending time here because there's so many people today 
have taken Jesus Christ and they've dethroned him. They've robbed him of his glory. They've robbed him of his redemptive power. They've made him a mere man. They made him a teacher. They made him a prophet. Jesus didn't accept that. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. Now, how, how was the Father seen? He didn't stop there. People generally stopped there when they knew he had passage. Look at verse 10. I notice he has just said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. How was the Father seen through the Son? Verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. You see, the Lord, the Father is made known to the Lord Jesus by his words and by his works. Now you take, take verse 24. He gives the negative side of it. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which hath sent me. My words, my works, is the revelation of the Father to you. What is God like just like Jesus? What did he do? He had compassion upon the sick. He healed them. He had compassion upon the hungry. He fed them. He had compassion upon his disciples. He stilled the storms. He had compassion upon those in sorrow and he raised their dead. He had compassion upon the blind and opened their eyes. He had compassion upon those who were full of leprosy and he cleansed them. So one could go through the four Gospels. These were Jesus' credentials. What is God like, just like me? Is God righteous? Certainly. Is God holy? Certainly. And I've got to stand before a holy, righteous God, and how can I do it if I'm full of sin? Jesus came, revealed the righteous character and heart of God, died because he loved us. He died because he loved us. That's what Romans 5, 8 says, God commendeth his love toward us, and while we were still active in our sins, Christ died for us. He proved his love by dying for us. And when I see, as I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as I read these four Gospels, I see the revelation of God in his heart. When I read the Old Testament, I see the revelation of God in his character. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and holy, holy is his name. He's absolute in holiness, in righteousness. Friend, when I come to the Gospels, I find the revelation of his love, of his grace, of his compassion, his love for sinners like you and me. And that's why he came and died, that you might be delivered. I want you to know him. To know him is to love him. And to know him is to know God. He that has seen me has seen the Father. I will continue this in our next lesson. I want you to get into this 14th chapter, the marvel of it all. 
These questions are asked and these questions are answered. Now I'd like you to get into the book and listen to what he's saying concerning his son. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How? By my words and by my works. Believe me, believe me, I am in my Father and my Father is in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. Our teacher has been Dr. John G. Mitchell, and so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.